The following program is scheduled for one fall with a 60-minute time limit. This is Take 4 Wrestling. Hey everybody, welcome to Take 4 Wrestling. I'm your host, JT Hogg. Brian's out sick this week, but uh, we also have our co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, diehard Tom McClain. How you doing today, Tom? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, what, what happened to Brian? I, did I run him off after one episode? I, th- I think he intimidated him a little I bit. I was kind of a little yeah. abrasive right up front in the beginning because he got my intro wrong. I'm one half of the DCW Ultra Heavyweight Tag Team Champions of the Universe, and it, that should be mentioned. And and he, he failed to mention it. You also failed to mention it, and, but I'll let you slide because you're a big guy. <laughs> well, I think it might have been your chest yeah. there. He's, yeah, uh, and your lack and your uh, lack of pants. Well, I mean they're overrated and they're not needed for podcasts. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he'll be uh, back next week. I'm sure, fit as a fiddle, mm-hmm. and um, we'll, we'll, we'll soldier on without him. Recuperating. Yeah, this is uh, my first time hosting, so right now I will apologize for all the mistakes I make. There's going to be a lot. <laughs> But uh, this is episode 30 of Take 4 Wrestling. I think I forgot to mention that, too, already. Uh, 30 episodes. Doesn't seem like it. You've listened to all 30 episodes, As a matter of fact, I have. I'm your biggest fan. Well, I appreciate that. Hopefully we can get some more people listening to it. I know at least one of my fans listened. Oh, good. Well, with you, we can bring on some new people. Hopefully. Actually, it wasn't a fan. It was my friend Mark G. And if he's listening again, I really appreciate him listening in the first place. We definitely appreciate yeah. it. Mark G actually does a lot of the, uh, any of the Photoshop stuff you see for me or any of the, uh, like any of the designs that I ever have. Uh, he, he does all those. He's a really cool guy. Well, he does some good work. I, uh, some of those photos are absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. I, I love all those. Uh, they make me laugh every time I see him. So he does a very good, good job. Mark G. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, actually the, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, about your career in wrestling and your per well, not a lot of your personal life, but you can say a little bit of your personal life probably. Well, uh, Just lo- okay. as long as it's not your address or your phone number. Well, I live out. No, no, no. Um, well, I'm, I'm based out of Dayton, Ohio, and unfortunately there's like a million little wrestling uh, feds around here and a thousand different wrestlers, and I'm one of the many. Uh, been going, been wrestling I don't know, about eight years now, something like that. Trained off and on for about two or three years before that. Trained by Cody Hawk. I don't know. Well, help me out here, host. <laughs> well, Cody Hawk was the man that also trained WWE's Dean I, You know, funny story about that. I actually, when I first went down to the HWA, and um, my, my first uh, time training there was with them, and Cody was running the training there. Uh, Dean Ambrose was two weeks ahead of me, and I trained with him for a few months. Obviously, he uh, he went a little farther than I did, but <laughs> I, I took time off. I went to school, got a job, got married, had a kid, then came back to wrestling. Uh, why, now, why would you do the responsible thing? Well, I, I, I'm not a guy that ever wanted to make it to the WWE. I, I never wanted to be a wrestler, ever. Uh, until I started going to the HWA shows, and then I was like, hey, wrestling on a Tuesday night in Cincinnati, that'd be fun. And uh, 
I've always just wanted to be the, the, the small town famous, uh, local guy. Uh, so there's no money in being the small town, town famous local guy. So I had to get my, the other end of stuff in order for pursued wrestling. Well, that's probably the smarter route. Yeah. I, I, pro- I probably should have went to college instead of wrestling. School. Well, yeah. I mean, I didn't really go to college. I went, uh, uh, to a trade school and, uh, came a heating and air tech, which was a horrible decision. I hated that. But anyway, I'm here now. I'm wrestling. I, <laughs> uh, there for a while. Yeah. The- there for a while. I was wrestling three to four times a week. Uh, cause there are so many, uh, promotions around here running. Um, I, it, it would be nothing for me. There was a place that would always have an afternoon Saturday show. So sometimes I'd wrestle three times on Saturday, but, uh, I've slowed down a lot in the last uh, probably year. Now I'm kind of a once a month warrior, but you can still see me out there sometimes. And uh, he's definitely a pleasure to watch in the ring. If uh, you guys haven't seen Tom McLean wrestle yet, then you're missing out. Certainly are. Uh, he's legitimately uh, one of my top 10 favorite wrestlers of all time. So uh, he's up there with the likes of guys like Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Dusty Rhodes, Repo Man. I love Rico, I, man. He's, he's you know, awesome. I'm I'm upset because I know what the topic is today, and I'm upset that Brian's not here because I heard his opinion of demolition, and I do not agree with him. <laughs> yeah, I, I was giving him a little bit of crap about that yeah. too. Yeah, he should. Darn it, we're gonna have to maybe film a retort. Yeah, because uh, well, there's a few things he's weird on. He's got some weird, weird opinions. Yes. <laughs> That's the one that jumps out the most. I, I'm sure there'll be others that I'll recall. But, uh, yeah, you've been in uh, PWA magazine. PWI. Uh, or PWI. Yeah, P- yeah PWA something else. Uh, and uh, that's a pretty cool I honor. A, I got I a picture I in PWI thanks to Mr. Mike Bessler from the, the Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Uh, and then go ahead and I'll tell your story about the time I got you mentioned. Yeah, you got you, – he uh, – I got – mentioned in a tweet where it was uh was it uh tom mclean and mike howerton lost to jt hogan halo and what did it say uh what the heck or well mike has a way of using really big words that i have to look up but it was he was very puzzled by by the outcome because he did not expect me to be (laughs) losing well you gotta imagine taking a team of uh jt hogan halo that's 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 a big deal, right? That is a big deal. (laughs) You you know, the only thing I remember about this match is uh, the picture uh, from after the match where you're laid out and and uh, almost like a dead deer, and I get my picture next to you holding holding your head. Uh, (laughs) That's really all I remember about that match. Yeah, it's like those uh, hunter pictures where they hold the uh, deer on the card. That's pretty much what it looked like. No. My face was all red. That, that reminds me. I got a question for you. I see guys go out and have matches, then come back, and instantly you just talk about their match and go over how things went and this and that and another. And for me, I don't plan a lot. I don't think ahead a lot. I react a lot. So I don't really remember most of my matches until I watch them back because I film most <laughs> of my matches. Is, is, is yeah. that something you do? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, it depends on the, uh, s- uh, size of the crowd and the experience level of the guy I'm wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, like, uh, 
a lot of times when, if I'm wrestling, uh, more, uh, closer to student type wrestlers, I will, uh, if it's in front of a big show, I will take care of them as much as possible. But if it's a, uh, smaller show, I will kind of give them some on the fly training, mm-hmm. you know, where we just kind of go out there. Um, I've had many times people, uh, like I've scared many, uh, younger little guys, but they'd be like, Hey, what do you want to do tonight? And I'm like, we'll just go out in the ring. Yeah. That's, they'll be like, what? <laughs> you mean you don't write everything down on a notebook? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I like, I like to, I, I have an idea of what I'm going to do and I only do five moves. So yeah. it's pretty easy to fit those in. So, but, but what I was referring to is after the match, I almost have no recollection of what happened unless it was really, really super bad. Otherwise, I'm just so in the moment that I don't think <laughs> about it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because like, um, I can't come back and critique my match because I don't really remember what happened unless something went really, really bad. I'm pretty critical uh, of myself. I'm so pretty critical I, of you, uh, too. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. But no, I watch... Uh, I usually I'll remember stuff in the match that I uh, that I'll make little mental notes and then talk to the person afterwards. But then like I'll watch my match probably about forty to fifty times. Oh, that, um, that's brutal. I watch my matches. Uh, <laughs> if it's a if I'll watch it at least once, but sometimes twice because uh, if it's a match I want to gauge uh, crowd reaction on, I'll watch it twice because sometimes I just watch it without any sound. But uh, I judge my matches not necessarily by the quality of the match, but by the reaction of the crowd. Uh, I try to get both to be as good as possible, but as long as I have the uh, crowd reaction, I'm I'm happy. Well, that's the most important thing to uh, I think is if the crowd enjoyed it. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of guys nowadays they care more about the boys in the back than the crowd. Like they want to pop the boys and be like, "Don't worry about them; they're not the ones paying." Yeah. So anyway, gimmick oh. of the week. <laughs> yeah, we kind of went off on a little bit of tangent there, Brian. Yeah, to, that's why we have Brian to real, real, real. Can't even in. speak. We're way off subject. No, We're forty minutes <laughs> in, and we we haven't even got to the gimmick. All right. I know. Well, he usually helps me with uh, speaking too, because I will mispronounce yeah. words, get all tongue tied. But uh, the gimmick of the week this week is a very on-topic gimmick. It's the broken Matt Hardy gimmick. Yes. Um, the broken Matt Hardy gimmick uh, started in TNA, and the first time I saw it, I thought it was the worst thing I'd ever seen. In I'm my right life. there with you. I uh, <laughs> he was playing a piano or something, and and I shared. Well, they did this thing at the the Hardy compound, yeah. and um, oh, it was awful. He uh, he went to roll out of the rain. He got caught up on the ropes. And, uh, it was just, I was just watching it thinking, what the heck is this? But, um, it's cause I just didn't understand it. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know if it was, if he got the idea maybe from Lucha Underground to start doing more like, uh, almost like movie produced segments. Mm-hmm. Um, but as it went on, I started seeing the genius in it. Um, just, and, uh, it actually grew on me. Now I'm not a hundred percent sold on the whole movie produced segments and stuff. Um, I'm still not my favorite thing, but I can definitely appreciate what Matt Hardy was doing. I mean, he reinvented himself. He he totally reinvented himself and he did something 
in wrestling that is different, which is honestly very hard to do anything different that hasn't been done before in wrestling. Yeah, and uh, definitely, uh, like when he when he brought like his wife got involved. I mean, he I saw a poster with uh, it was actually I think it was in Ohio. It was Matt Hardy, his wife, um, their uh, his wife's dad, the uh, the farm or the uh, the groundskeeper, and um, Matt's little baby, mm-hmm. and they were all on the poster. <laughs> I was like, man, he's getting everybody. <laughs> he's getting his whole entire family booked. Um, yeah, his son's name's Max. Yes, and uh, yeah, I started watching it, and uh, it. I mean, it grew on me as uh, being something something really original. Uh, and it's it's just absolutely insane what he's doing. Yeah. What I enjoy about, or what I like most about it is, and I I honestly haven't seen all of it. I I've watched bits and pieces of it, and I like it, and I like what he's doing. I love the fact that he's protecting the character and staying in character at all times. But uh, I think we discussed this a little last week. I personally didn't like the Hardy Boys. I never really liked the Hardy Boys uh, as a tag team ever. I hated the way that they looked. I hated the high-flying, just stupid risk for no reasons. Uh, I hate the fact that because of them, there's uh, people wrestling in T-shirts and jeans <laughs> or Hot Topic pants. Uh, oh, man, the Hardys are responsible for so many bad independent wrestlers. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> But I always... Once they kind of broke up and did their own, own thing, I always liked Matt better. Uh, yeah. I I enjoyed, uh, like, version one, Matt. But then I went to just not really caring about any of them at all because it's nothing against them. Uh, it's just not the style that I like. It's It's not the look that I like. And they never did anything for me. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he goes apparently crazy and comes up with some gimmick and he has the whole world talking about it in a company that nobody knew about basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think they were basically the only reason to watch TNA for a yeah. while. Uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, it was just, uh, he was before he started doing his broken Matt Hardy gimmick. Nobody could have gave one crap about exactly. Um, he was in trouble, uh, like legal trouble and all sorts of different things and uh, just completely 100% reinvigorated his career. And if he wouldn't have done the broken mat thing, he wouldn't be back in WWE right now. No, and uh, Um, even got his brother a job back too. And, uh, I mean, these guys were washed up. They were done, but they came back. So uh, I'm always happy to see when, you know, because Jeff definitely – had some very public issues uh, at one time. And uh, I'm I'm glad that he's kind of bounced back from it and is getting another chance to go out on top per se. And uh, yeah, it looks like the, uh, the broken gimmick is coming uh, from what I've seen on TV lately, but I I don't know how it'll manifest. Yeah. yeah, There's still a legally battle and some legal battles with that, aren't they? Yeah with uh tna yeah but um but every week there's more and more broken mannerisms and hints at it and uh he's doing he's doing very well with uh hinting at it at least yeah yeah um and that was the thing that made me pop uh at wrestlemania was when they came back that was just that was a 
that was the highlight of WrestleMania. Yes. So um, that was pretty cool. Them coming back, and uh, like I said, I w- when they left, I wasn't even fans of them. No, really. So uh, bravo to Matt Hardy if he's listening. <laughs> he might be. I <laughs> yeah. I know a guy or two. That'd be that pretty period. cool. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, all all props go out to him. He's uh, him and him and Jeff both have come back and uh, they're back on top. So it's good to see him. It's It'll be interesting to see what the WWF uh, does if they start doing the broken gimmick. Hopefully they don't uh, sanitize them too much because uh, I think this is a gimmick. You just got to let them do it. Well, when wrestling is good, in my opinion, is when you can tell the people that are in the match or in the angle or in the who, whoever's involved on the screen or at the show is having a good time and really enjoying what they're doing. You enjoy it much more which is why I think I like Matt Hardy's broken character because he's totally a hundred percent into it. He's enjoying what he's doing and it shows, uh, yeah. you, you can just tell when somebody doesn't want to be doing what they're doing. And, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. but I, I hope that the, it doesn't turn out to be kind of like how the Dudleys came back and it was just like, Oh, here's the Dudleys. Uh, and it's just a, a nostalgia act and nothing really happened out of it. I, I hope they get to explore. Yeah. They did that with the, uh, they did that with the new age outlaws yeah. too. Kind of, um, bring it back for a little bit. They get the titles and they just kind of go away unceremoniously. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, yeah, that was our, hopefully, uh, that gimmick of the week went good. Uh, Brian's going to be listening to this later. So he won't be yelling at us too much. Mm-hmm. We kept it short and to the point and, or maybe not. <laughs> but the gimmick of the week goes but, uh, right along hand in hand with the topic, doesn't it? Yes, it does. The topic this week is the lost art of tag team mm-hmm. wrestling. And um, this is something that I am I hold near and dear to my heart because I enjoy tag team wrestling. It's always been some of my favorite, and it's some of my favorite to do. Um, I'm a big, big uh, proponent of tag team wrestling, and I love finding a good tag team partner and being a tag team. Yes. Um, I've I've got one. I've actually got two really good tag team partners now, with um, uh, Randy the Rowdy Hillbilly and Juan Crazy Hillbilly. Uh, they're both uh, really good tag team partners, and I think we complement each other in the way a tag team should uh, in two different ways. Because uh, Randy, he's a he's about he's probably about six foot uh, four to six foot five. So when I team with him. We got kind of a almost like a Legion of Doom air about us because, of course, I'm a big guy too. And uh, Juan's about, uh, he's probably about 5'8 and probably about 140, 150 pounds. So it's a whole different dynamic, but we work well together with those dynamics. And uh, I think that's the, the what makes a good tag team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, now, Brian's not here, but I... I have a major problem with his tag team uh, opinions, as in he says that he doesn't, he's not a fan of the demolition. Uh, and I don't like that. I don't think he's right. <laughs> I think his opinion is wrong. Yeah, I told him that too when he, uh, when he talked about that. Yeah. Because um, demolition was definitely not on his Mount Rushmore of tag no, teams. No. And, and that's insane. They were. Almost the the tag team of the eighties for the WWF. I'm trying to think if there was was there. Well, you had the Heart Foundation, but well, I think uh, as a kid, uh, nobody inspired more uh, 
more feeling than demolition. Yeah. Because you knew when they were coming out, this was awesome. And we're about the same age, and I never saw them as a Road Warrior ripoff. I never even put, like, two and two together. Uh, obviously, like, the Powers of Pain or Road Warrior ripoffs, but uh, uh, I was even exposed to the Road Warriors before ever seeing the demolition. Uh, so, but I still... Well, I think a lot of times um, demolition... Uh... They've, they've talked about that a few times, and they talked about how um, they could work with any team. Yeah. Like the like with the Road Warriors, you had the Road Warrior match. And uh, when they worked with other bigger tag teams, they didn't really have as good of matches. Yeah. But they, they had their one Road Warrior match, and I'm not saying it was bad. It was over. It was perfect. Um, but they just had that one match. Well, Demolition could go out and wrestle the Powers of Pain the rockers and the heart foundation, uh, killer bees. And they would, they would be able to have good matches with all those guys. Mm -hmm. They were the, uh, because they were big guys, but they weren't overly big guys. Um, demo. I mean, uh, Legion of doom just ran over people. And and as they should have, and how they could have got away with it back then. I don't know that they, I don't know that you could have a Legion of doom today with the, the crowd, the way that the crowd is. Yeah, I think it definitely would be harder. Unfortunately, um, the crowd has changed a lot. Uh, I would love for the crowd to go back the way it was, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime no. soon. <laughs> but but uh, the tag team is... Um, I, Demolition Axe talked about how back in the day, like the the tag teams were like... Uh, like if you're tag team champions, you were on the same level as the world heavyweight champion. Yes. It was just two world champions on one team. And uh, that's something that's definitely went away. Because um, usually, like, when a tag team wrestler wrestles a singles wrestler, they'll just get annihilated. Yeah. Um, but if you think about it, it should be, it would be like two Hulk Hogan's tagging up. Mm. You know, like, and uh, in the 80s, a lot of places where the tag teams were the main event. Uh, like the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express were main events. Um, demolition main event in a lot of the house shows, um, off, uh, they, they usually had the, I think they usually had the B shows, the ones that Hulk Hogan were, uh, he'd have the heavyweight title or, and, uh, usually demolition would be on the other shows, Mm -hmm. but, um, tag teams, uh, still could be main events. Um, it seemed like the tag teams kind of went away in, uh, around the nitro times. Seemed like that's when tag teams started going uh, down. The attitude era killed a lot. Uh, of of uh, good things about wrestling and, and tag yeah. teams was probably one of them. Once they started putting uh, two main event guys as a makeshift tag team for no reason and giving oh, them I the belt, uh, it went it went downhill quick. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they did that several times. Yeah, uh, where two guys that were going to be wrestling each other would ha- win the tag team titles beforehand. It would just make the tag team champions look ridiculous. Exactly. <laughs> I think uh, Chris Benoit, like Kurt Angle, um, there's a lot of them like that. And it was just, uh, I think the Rock and, wasn't the Rock and Austin even a tag team champions at one point? I, I believe. Or was I, that Austin and Michaels? I think everybody involved that you just mentioned had, had tag team title runs like that <laughs> for no reason. And, uh, but yeah, growing up, uh, See, I I was way more into the NWA, WCW. Uh, I even got the AWA uh, 
and uh but but my like my absolute favorite was uh, world class out of out of uh texas and um tag team wrestling was so huge in all of them like the fantastics uh yeah who who by the way i i got to uh tag multiple times with bobby fulton and got to learn a lot from him about tag team wrestling in general and you know growing up he was the i was watching him on tv being the uh world-class championship wrestling uh tag team champions with uh tommy rogers and uh the the rock and roll express were the absolute best they were always main event uh in my mind they were always uh the, the top of the card was always what I wanted to see. Uh, we well, yeah, definitely have to put the Fantastics in the conversation of some of the greatest tag teams of all time. Yeah. Um, just over as all get out. But uh, a lot of them follow that same formula to uh, kind of like the Rock and Roll Express formula. Um, there was like two two good looking guys. Um, like, uh, I mean, the Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty were definitely direct copies of the rock and roll express and um i mean they had things like the rock and roll rpms and all sorts of all these (laughs) they did have early 80s had the rock and roll rpms but uh (laughs) but like the fan the fantastics the midnight express uh the andersons arn and tully and and uh you know the rock and roll express all those guys the things that they did was they weren't individuals they were teams like they like that was that era of 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 uh, tag team wrestling, in my opinion, was the best because they weren't individuals. It wasn't uh, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. It was the Rock and Roll Express, and they worked and functioned, and everything they did was, you know, they were the tag team specialist. They worked together the entire match. Uh, yeah. They weren't getting themselves over; they were getting the team over, uh, and. There's not very many teams that do that at all, if any, these days. Well, now they just want to uh, have a team for a little bit and then have them break up. It, which is very unfortunate. Yeah. Right now, though, we got yeah. like um, the Revival. Have you seen any of their stuff? Uh, I have not seen any of that. They are a classic throwback to that era uh, of wrestling, and and they're they're very enjoyable to watch. And hopefully they get to just be a team. And then uh, uh, the Usos have been, they really kind of reinvigorated and reinvented themselves too lately. And, and they're also very good uh, on that aspect. Well, well, no, in WWE, they're probably going to be breaking up here pretty soon. Yeah, and see, that's, <laughs> they, they, see, there's a lot of good tag teams like, uh, like uh, Tyler Breeze and Fan, Fandango. They're, they're a good tag team, but they never really get a chance to do much. And I imagine if they ever do win the titles within a month or two, they'll break them up for no reason. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was a big fan of, um, of, uh, the Wyatt's, uh, Eric Rowan and, um, Luke Harper, Luke Harper. Shoot. He's the one I liked the most. Um, I thought they were a great tag team, but they just didn't give them any chance to, really grows a tag team what, what i what um, i always hated about that is it was like all the good factions have been like everybody's an equal member and they quit kind of doing that but uh so so instead of like bray wyatt being a monster with a couple other monsters it had 
Bray Wyatt with a couple other big guys who could easily be defeated by anybody for no reason. Yeah. Uh, and and ain't nobody beating up uh, Luke Harper. Luke Harper is both of those guys that they're like as big as they are, as athletic as they are, and as as good and agile as they are. They should have probably dominated the tag team ranks for for a good long while. Yeah, they just gave them absolutely no chance. I think the Wyatts were broken up in less than a year. Yeah. After that's the thing, like they just they rush everything. Um, like the Legion of Doom, they never would have broke up in the uh especially in the 80s mm-hmm. uh like uh the Andersons uh I mean they had a few breakups with like the four horsemen but they didn't break like I don't think Tully and Arn ever broke up no. you know like the Midnight Express never broke up um I don't believe that the Rock and Roll Express ever broke up and wrestled each other they did, did. They? did uh, they? during the York Foundation years oh, cuz okay. uh Robert hurt his knee and needed to take time off it didn't <laughs> last long but they they did have at least one match in WCW, but that was definitely stuff where it uh, like those guys have been together. Like, what's Rock and Roll Express? They've been tagged in like five different decades now, or something, or four or five. <laughs> something a lot. Incredible. I mean, we've been on a couple shows recently with uh, Ricky Morton. Uh, yeah, and uh, Ricky Morton's a great guy. He's he's fun to talk to. Yes, but uh, yeah, like uh, I remember. Um, a lot of times, especially during the Attitude Era, um, like the Smoking Guns, uh, they wrestled, uh, was it Shawn Michaels and... Um, Diesel? Yeah, Shawn Michaels and Diesel, and they would lose every time. And uh, be like, these are your tag team champions. They should be able to beat, um, like, a, not... Because they weren't really a team at the time, Shawn Michaels and Diesel. Yeah. Um, they were just kind of, like, they weren't really a thrown-together team, but they weren't a tag team. In the like, 90s... Towards the the mid to late nineties, the the tag teams definitely were lower card individuals, and they had some really good tag teams. Mm-hmm. Like um, I was a I was a big fan of the Blackjacks, the new Blackjacks yeah. with Brad Sean Wyndham. I think they should have went somewhere, but heck, they broke them up after six months. I I I enjoyed them because I I like Bradshaw and. Wyndham's one of the best ever. So anytime he's doing yeah. anything, I'm happy. But um, I d- I wasn't really into them pretending like the new blackjack thing. I wasn't really as into it when they put on when they grew the the mustaches and just tried to copy rather than be themselves. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah I can I can see that. I um, luckily though they were playing cowboys and they were they were kind of already cowboys. Yeah. Had, but I don't. They definitely didn't get a chance. Had it not uh, been for the mustaches, anything. I would have been much more behind them. <laughs> yeah, but no, I I um, thought they would, they'd have a good run too, but they didn't last hardly at all. I was a big fan of the Godwins. I thought the Godwins were just a great tag team. Now, do you remember uh, them in WCW as Tex Slashinger and Shanghai Pierce? Yeah, yeah, I liked them then. They too. were basically a jobber uh, team then, and I never understood that. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, those two guys, like, uh, I was watching uh, Royal Rumble from that era the other day, and uh, especially Henry Godwin, he was just every bit as big as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like, he was a huge man, and um, he, it just I kind of forgot how big he was, and those two guys should have been, because they were, they were a great tag team in WCW. I think they were used to put people over, yeah. and um, but when they went into 
WWF, I think they could have been a lot more over than what they were. Um, I think it was just during that transition period where the hillbilly gimmick probably just wasn't going to work. But I love if, uh, unfortunately, uh, Henry got that neck injury. Yeah. I think the Southern Justice could have really took off. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the uh, Southern Justice, too. I think Henry... Because they were almost like the APA before the APA. Yeah, I, I think Henry had a, a bigger career ahead of him than Phineas, if they ever broke up, for sure. Yeah. But... uh. And that's a that's a guy I've been trying to get a hold of for years now because I want to tag with him. So if anybody knows Henry Godwin, I need to get a hold of him. So <laughs> I've never been able to track him down. We'll, we'll start a GoFundMe and we'll make your dream come true. <laughs> uh, but speaking of uh, tag teams and how I was talking about like the tag team specialists and how tag teams were they were basically one unit. Like Demolition was one unit. Uh, the Rockers were one unit. Uh, and, and now teams are a unit for a brief amount of time and they break them up and nobody really cares about the breakup because they see it coming a mile away. Yeah. I did not have that reaction when the Rockers broke up. That's probably going to be stuck with me the rest of my life. Uh, do, do you remember that? Oh yeah, that was um, that was a that was a breakup done right. That, that left an impression that I I will <laughs> never forget when it happened. I saw it coming. But I didn't want it to. I was hoping yeah. I won it. And I bought it hook, line, and sinker. And, <laughs> and, well, I can't even talk about it. That might have actually been, that might have actually been the, uh, the start of the, oh, let's break this team up. Yeah. Let's, let's try to catch that magic in a bottle again. But that was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, they were a tag team for a long time. And they, uh, they seeded that. That was a... That was a long angle yes. of them just seeding it and just seeding it. Because uh, I remember that was just a great plate angle. Because um, like, you could tell Sean was starting to, something was going on with the Rockers, but you couldn't quite put your finger on mm-hmm. it. And uh, that's the way angles should be. You'd be like, wait, something went right there. So when you look back on it, you're like, oh. And then they had the interview segment on the barbershop. They they yep. said everything was okay, and I believed them, and bam, <laughs> Marty Janetti threw a plate glass window, and then he yep. then he remember he pulls he holds up the uh, magazine and rips it in half and throws the Marty Janetti side down. If there's a, is there a problem with the rockers? I don't think so. Yeah, uh, I loved it when uh, uh, Bobby was like Janetti tried to jump through the window to get away. <laughs> that, <laughs> Yeah, that was one of my favorite. Yeah, yeah, that was great. And uh, man, uh, I think as much as I don't care for Shawn Michaels, that was that was good yes. stuff. And uh, his heel turn after that was good stuff too. That that his whole run up into him becoming the Intercontinental Champion and all that that was when he got with Sherry and all that that was that was really good. Uh, if it just would have stopped there, I probably would have been a Shawn Michaels fan. <laughs> I, I'm but, a Shawn Michaels um, fan. I. Well, I figures you know, yeah, but yeah, you don't wear you don't wear pants and stuff, so <laughs> I, I don't. But like, yeah, be, before d- that, when teams broke up, they just kind of broke up and went their separate ways, like uh, the Heart Foundation. Like they were still cool with yeah. each other; they were just doing their own thing. Uh, yeah, and then they even got back together for a little bit because I remember when Bret Hart was going for the Intercontinental Title. Yeah, um, then they got back together, and then. 
Well, that's that's the way to that's what's good about tag teams too is you can take like an older guy and put him with a younger guy, mm-hmm. and the younger guy is going to really just sponge off that older guy. And when they do, they don't even have to break up; they just go their separate ways, and that young guy's ready. Yeah, you know, like because it's a learning experience. It's, um, I mean, that's kind of something I was doing with uh, that I'm trying to do with Randy and Juan. Like, I pretty much taught uh, Randy. Uh, like he was already doing the hillbilly gimmick before I came along, but I kind of, uh, I think he's learned off of me and now he's really getting it. And, uh, by watching me and stuff. And, uh, I mean, I take a lot of, a lot of pride in that, that I could actually pass some of my knowledge on to kind of help him out. Um, but that's, uh, tag teams can be used that way. Uh, it could be used two smaller guys that may not be great on their own, but you put them together. They're fantastic. That's kind of a pun, isn't it? Uh, a little <laughs> bit, because the Fantastics were fantastic. Uh, did you yep. get to did, did you get to see any of the world class uh, championship wrestling uh, in Texas with the Von Erichs and all that? I've watched it since. I didn't get to watch it originally. See, that was on every day, Monday through Friday at like four or yeah, I think it was four. So I'd be able to come home from school and, and watch it every day. So. That was probably by far my favorite. Uh, yeah. And the Fantastics were the champs there. They had a bunch of matches with the uh, Midnight Express before uh, they all went to WCW. It was a fun time. Oh, yeah. They're just uh, watching those tag teams now. It's just like magic because um, they're just they're such good matches. And uh, it's just it's something that needs to come back. And maybe uh, with some of the. I just don't know if the current environment of the wrestling fans will ever let it come back the way it was, but um, I think I think on the independent scene it could maybe make a good comeback. Yeah. Uh, uh, some of the tag teams that really come to mind that uh, more in recent years, uh, I know they've tried to do a few tag team revivals, but it just doesn't seem to work. Like uh, I remember Deuce and Domino. Mm-hmm. Um, they just they came in real strong. Uh, SmackDown did that a few times with a couple different teams. They would come in real super strong, and then within two or three months, they were nothing. Um, I thought Eminem was a pretty decent tag team. Oh yeah, they were a really good team for, yeah, they for were, what they were. Uh, but again, they just they wouldn't let them stay together too long. Yeah. Um, uh, Kendrick and London were a pretty good team. They were a lot of fun to watch, um, and those were two guys that uh, really needed to be together. Yeah, because. I'm not a fan of cruiserweight style wrestling, but sometimes in tag teams, it's more. I enjoy it better. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. I like the I like the small guys in tag teams because um, they just if they do a lot of quick tags and work real quick together, and they're able to really sell that they're taking a guy that's probably going to be a lot bigger. Yeah, down. and it's hard to stand uh, on your own being a little guy in the in the land of giants well, at least it was back then yeah. uh, it's it's a lot easier now uh, another tag team that they broke up way too quick was uh caden murdoch yes um man they they broke those guys up jeez i i i was, loved lance a year. I, I loved lance cade uh he he was in the hwa for a long time uh before he got called up he was actually the hwa heavyweight champion so i'd get to see him uh, at the HWA wrestling about twice a week. I'd go every Tuesday and I'd usually hit up every uh, time they had a Saturday show. So 
I was a big fan of his, and I was really glad to see when he got caught up. And yeah, unfortunately, it was just wasted potential with him. Yeah, um, some of the other tag teams that come to mind, Deuce uh, and Dominos, that one keeps popping in my head. <laughs> they were just that was a huge bust. I, I Man. yeah, uh, the Ascension seemed like they've already seemed like they've been a bust. See, no. I enjoyed them. I, I, I watched them in NXT, and I enjoyed them in NXT, but here's my problem with NXT. NXT is developmental. NXT is... Um, it's becoming too big for people to be, be developmental since it's its own little entity now. And uh, yeah. the problem I see when they bring people up to the main roster from NXT is... They almost expect everybody to get it, and they don't. Not everybody watches NXT. Not everybody is that type of fan. And NXT is a much smaller environment, and different things get over in smaller environments than like on the big grand scale of Raw or SmackDown. Like certain things work work on small shows that doesn't on big shows. Yeah. And when you bring up the Ascension. And without really any backstory, uh, and what happened with them is uh, they came in and they were told to just bury old uh, old tag teams and promos, uh, which automatically makes you dislike them, but not in a, a good way. And uh, yeah. and then like JBL would just bury them on commentary for saying that they were better than LOD or something. So. They 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 really had the deck stacked against them, and uh, they they also did the same thing with the VOD villains. The VOD villains were like super over in NXT, but NXT like those shows are in the same building, in front of the same fans basically, uh, so it's easier to follow like get a following and get stuff over in that building, and so you got. The, the VOD villains gimmick, which I don't know what it is, over at NXT, then you brought it up and nobody understood what it was. And I still don't understand what it is. <laughs> yeah, the I, I was um when I heard about the VOD villains, I was I that gimmick excited me. Yeah. But then when I actually saw it, I was like, man, eh, something's missing. Yeah. Like they're trying to be old timey, but I don't think they looked old timey enough. And I don't know, it was just something about it, just something missing. Yeah, and without the um, without a build or an explanation or a reasoning behind it, uh, other than here's this team that used to be on NXT, which, let's be honest, NXT has a much smaller audience than, yeah. uh, than the people, just the casual fan watching to see what's going on and having no clue who these time travelers are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, let's... Uh, Kaz, it looks like they're already trying to break up uh, Kaz and Enzo, aren't they? Or is uh, Enzo hurt? Or I, I don't think Enzo is. Uh, I don't think anybody's that high on Enzo as an in-ring performer. Uh, I think they see him being a mouthpiece for Big Kaz, if anything. Well, it seems like the fans got real sick of that real quick. Yeah, um, I, I don't. Just from my little watching here and there. When I've been at the the, the live shows, uh, the crowd's pretty into the into him and his his uh, promo and all that. Uh, and as a guy who's thirty six years old, uh, I'm not a fan of it. 
But when I, I've been at a couple live shows and I look around and most of the younger people are super into them and, and yeah. enjoy a shtick. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, Any other uh, tag teams that come to mind that you think about uh, either successful or unsuccessful? Uh, trying to talk about as many as I possibly can think uh offhand um well i should have made a list because there's a bunch but one thing i'm I'm glad that they're doing on on uh smackdown and i just um i've been trying to keep up and i just caught up on smackdown and raw today uh carly no not carlito epico and primo they're they're just epico and primo the colognes they're they're they are who they are and they're just a regular serious tag team now and and i'm glad that they're not underneath more dumb gimmicks <laughs> what happened to the lost matadors well the, they the lost matadors have been gone for a while How, well, let's see <laughs> now they were the shining stars trying to sell you timeshares and now they're the clones but before that they were lost matadors before lost matadors what were they um they were in kind of like a a, a gang type group with uh, uh, Hanako, the guy who's now now um, Mister Olsen Kara, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. And before that, yeah, the, uh, and before that, they were in like a group with Carlito, yeah. So this is like their fourth remember, fifth gimmick. I could have sworn that the, uh, Lost Matadors was a rib when yeah. I first saw it. I was like, this has to be a rib because <laughs> why? What would you? What made you think that was going to get over in like 2015 or 16 or whenever I, that came out? See, like, I I try to be more positive and I try to watch wrestling and just enjoy what's presented. And they're such a good, smooth tag team that complement each other so well. And then they they had the little the the, the little bull like it added a lot to it. And had they been given a chance, I think that could have gotten over. But uh. Hopefully now that them just as the clones uh, gets over. I'm surprised they haven't brought Carlito back yet. I I am too. I I've been waiting for that to happen. I'm surprised it hasn't. I guess we talk a little bit about groups too. Um, what that uh, League of Nations tag team uh, that didn't last very long either. I'm uh, with uh, Sheamus and yeah. Alberto, yeah. and that was that was a pretty bad uh group i don't even know what they were thinking about that that, that didn't work i got i got i got <laughs> one more bone to pick with brian though and he's not here to defend himself uh i recall on an episode that he mentioned uh that he wasn't a fan of larry zabisco yeah i was surprised to hear that too. and uh larry zabisco and Arn anderson uh one of as the enforcers was one of my absolute favorite teams uh Larry Zabisco, especially his stuff in the AWA that I got to see, like he's a huge influence on all of my stuff that I do. Um, and then I, I loved him as a commentator too. But his team with uh, Arn Anderson, it didn't last all that long, but it would like it was really good. Yeah, it was a good solid tag team. Yeah, um, pro- I got to talk to Larry about that, so that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's cool. He was uh, he was very cool. I told him I was like, I think you and you and Arn Anderson were were about the perfect tag team together. Yes, you know, like, <laughs> those are two guys you put together and make a really good tag team. Of course, Arn was just he was a tag team wrestler. Arn and Bobby Eaton. 
Yeah, that was a great tag uh, team. Bobby, uh, Bobby Eaton's another just phenomenal tag team wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember his tag team with uh, Steve? Uh, I was getting ready to bring that up. <laughs> uh, what was it called? Bad, bad company or bad dudes? It was bad. Or? I, I think it was bad company. It was bad something. Yeah, uh, they had the vests and all that, or the, and the yeah, that was. Uh, oh, what was that other WCW tag team? Uh, Tough Tom and uh, Do you remember that? No. <laughs> I'm thinking about like the like more like the jobber teams uh, during WCW Saturday night because they had a lot of they those. did. Remember uh, what was uh, it? High voltage, rage, and chaos. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was disorderly talk. Uh, contact conduct conduct. Yeah, yeah. Was... tough Tom and mean Mike. Yeah, that was. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I do remember them now. They had a oh this go ahead. Uh, the Steiner brothers. We forgot to talk about the Steiner brothers. Um, Probably one of the one of the better. I'd say they're probably up there in tag teams. If you want to talk about some of the best, they they're definitely some of the most legit guys for sure. Uh, I like even them breaking up. If do, if do you remember them breaking up? Like, oh yeah, uh, they ran off the uh, what was it, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and uh, Rick did his running around like a dog got underneath Scott and they were doing the pose and, and Scott turned on him. And, uh, I love Scott's. That was another turn that made sense. Yeah. Um, they were, uh, they were just, a yeah, they were a good tag team together. Uh, just two guys. You don't want to mess yeah. with just scary. Kind of like the Beverly and, brothers. Uh, yeah. The Beverly brothers. <laughs> I love the Beverly Brothers. They were I awesome. did too, and they had the best music. And they, uh, well, they were AWA tag team champions. Yeah, they were the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, weren't they? Yeah. Okay. And they wait. brought them in as the Beverly Brothers. Wait, they were Minnesota Wrecking Crew too. That was in WCW, and it was like Ole Anderson, their manager, or they got some sort of. Uh, they had some sort of Anderson connection. Yeah, they were managed by Ole Anderson. Or something like that. I'd have to look it up. Yeah. But um they were they were in AWA, then they went to WCW and then they became most famously known in the WWF and Mike Enos continued uh and was around uh around through the Nitro days in WCW, but Well yeah, he was actually in one of the most important matches in the history of professional yeah, wrestling. When Scott Hall, another AWA guy, comes out. Yep. And interrupts Nitro. and <laughs> That was, uh, I can't remember the other guy, um, but I remember Mike Enos was in the ring when Scott Hall came Let's out. Let's just say it was Jerry Flynn. It probably was Jerry it Flynn. It could have been. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, Money, Inc. was a great tag that, team. That really was a good tag team. Mike Rotundo was, uh, or IRS, uh, very underrated. Uh, yeah. He was very entertaining. He was a member of a few good tag teams. From the Varsity uh, Club. Uh, yeah. He was Barry Wyndham's original tag team partner. Yeah, in the USS Express. Mm-hmm. Um, you always uh, talking about, like, the Head Shrinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another tag team. Um, they were part of the uh, NWA as the uh, Samoan SWAT team. They, they, uh, they uh, all the Samoans were just scary good. And yeah. and I do mean scary, and also good. Uh, <laughs> they just came out of the wound wrestling. I think I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, the Samoan SWAT team, and then later the Head Shrinkers. Uh, 
I, I like the Samoan SWAT team days better. And uh, they also, they were around in, in world class too. And uh, they were just, they were scary because they were just monsters. Uh, some other monsters, the natural disasters. Yeah. Uh, some of the only guys that could take it to the uh, road warriors yeah. and uh, make it look believable. Then uh, fabulous free birds. Um, I'm having all these tag teams coming to me now, but uh, those are uh, all we, I think we've named off most all the great tag teams and uh, they're very instrumental to the wrestling business. And uh, I, I mean, they still have good tag teams, but there's, they don't have the environment for tag teams. Tag teams. To yeah, shop. it's it's nothing against like the tag teams that are out there today or that have been around. It's just like if a tag team doesn't have time to become a tag team, uh, a unit uh, thought of as one, like it just doesn't matter as much as like when the Rockers broke up. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, uh, a lot of times, I like to think of this like. When people are like, "Oh, that guy sucks. That guy sucks." In WWE, yeah, um, I, it's it's hard it's hard to say because they don't have any control over themselves anymore. It seems like exactly, and they don't have a chance to suck on their own. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah, the guy might suck, but we don't know because he never had a chance to really suck. They all. Uh, I've also noticed they don't utilize tag teams the way that they should. Like they got a lot of good tag teams out there right now, like the Usos and the Revival and uh, New Day's a, a, a good unit. Um, and I'm I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple others, but uh, like I always thought, like they're really high in on Baron Corbin and Braun Strowman, uh, and I understand why they're big guys, they're athletic guys that can move and do a lot of cool stuff, but. Uh, I always thought, like, why not throw them together in a tag team for a couple years, let them be monsters, and protect them? Uh, yeah. They don't seem to do stuff like that uh, to protect new guys, to to build them up and keep them on TV. Well, yeah, they just had uh, Braun Strowman lose to uh, that one dragon dude. Yeah, but that... little tiny dragon. That, that was... Uh, they protected him on that. That was... a. Uh, a dumpster match and you didn't get pinned. Like, <laughs> like I said, I just watched that, uh, got caught up on it today, but I mean, they did that well. It's Strowman's. I mean, he's for as little or as he's been around, uh, he's doing pretty good. Yeah. Especially at first, it was very obvious that he was kind of lost out there, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he, I think he looks like a big, scary baby. Yes. Like he's got that baby face. Yeah. He's he's getting he's he's trying his best to get over that though. Yeah. Uh he'd be great in a mask. I tell you, if they masked him up, yeah. That'd be uh <laughs> he'd be pretty scary looking. But uh yeah, I I agree with you. His uh facial expressions are getting better and uh he just doesn't look like he's lost out there as yeah. much. But um yeah. But uh yeah, if uh that's I think we we talked pretty good about tag teams. Um, I think we were just naming them off. I don't know if we actually we, we, <laughs> we actually got into the nuance, nuances of tag team wrestling. <laughs> we just started talking about them. Yeah, Did, but uh, I'll go ahead. Sorry. Now, like uh, we we missed like the whole Edge and Christian era, uh, and and the Hardy Boys yeah, that and was, the Dudleys. Yeah, uh, that was probably about the last of the 
good tag teams, like where tag teams are on featured spots on the card. That's where they kind of brought them back. Like Edge, Christian, the Dudleys, and the Hardys kind of brought tag teams back into a uh, higher profile setting uh, rather than just the, the low low card guys. Yeah, I knew uh, Eric Bischoff. Uh, I think he's talked about that he didn't like tag team wrestling. Yeah. And um, I think Vince talked about it more as why pay four guys when you can just pay two, mm-hmm. you know, for like main event spots and stuff. So I think probably monetarily is the reason why um, they they try to get out of it as much as possible. Yeah. Um, but like I've said before, a, a tag team could be a main event. Yeah. But um, there's just something about watching two guys, uh, one guy just trying to crawl and get to that corner and. They just keep cutting them off by cheating. Uh, that was the one thing that used to infuriate me as a child. Yes. Yes, it did. Was especially the false tag. The false tag, oh, it would drive me nuts watching those matches. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's such an easy, easy thing, too, to get reactions from the crowd. Um, a lot of tag teams that, like, uh, I work with now, um, they just didn't get it. They don't get what gets a tag over. And uh, um, it's easy to get it over. You just you do the gimmick of the match. Yeah. <laughs> you cut that ring off. Uh, the heels cut the ring off, and you don't let that other guy get to that halfway point in the ring. And when they do, you grab the ref and distract the ref so they don't see the tag. And, uh, I mean, that's just the beauty behind a tag match. And uh, it's definitely becoming a lost art on the independent circuit, I think, because a lot of guys just want to do what they see on television. And uh, since they're not really featuring the tag teams as much, I think they miss out on a lot of that good stuff. Because mm-hmm. you can get a place rocking with uh, with a couple of false tags and then the hot tag. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to get that done uh, when guys don't really even know what that means. Yeah. Uh, but And it's it's a shame that tag teams aren't what they used to be because, like, Sometimes the package is better than the two individuals. Like, like think about the Nasty Boys as singles wrestlers. Yeah, just, it doesn't yeah, work. But work. the Nasty Boys as a unit, that was a good, fun tag team. Uh, but uh, I don't know. They miss out on a lot of that now. But again, you know, you got four guys in a match getting paid. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I get that. Well, me being older, that's uh, I like tag team matches. Yeah. It's a lot less uh, rough on the body. For Indeed, me. it is. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's our uh, price. Wrap this up. That's our discussion about tag teams. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed the first time um, with me on the hosting duties. I'm sure uh, Brian will probably give me some tips and stuff because he's been doing this for a while. Mm-hmm. But um, I also wanted to uh, give a shout out to my buddy Chris Payne. He was. Uh, he was on uh, WWE recently. He wrestled Kevin Owens in the United States uh, title match, uh, the United States Open Challenge. He was uh, Gary Gandy, and uh, I, I think we're going to get him on and uh, do an interview with him here pretty shortly. Uh, I just wanted—I was real proud of him. He uh, worked real hard to get where he was at, and uh, it was really cool to see him on SmackDown, somebody that I really uh, took under my wing when he first started. So, uh, I was there in spirit. So <laughs> that'll be my, uh, I'm going to put, start putting that on the poster. I was there in spirit. Uh, yeah. 
I was I was WWE superstar in spirit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, uh you can catch me on uh Twitter at uh at JT underscore H O G G. Uh you can watch some of my current matches. Uh you can wa- uh buy some of my merchandise. Um I send it through the telegram because uh, 'cause I'm not as cool as Mr. McLean. Uh but um where can they uh, reach you at, Mr. Tom McLean? Well, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, anything social media-wise at Tom McLean 8080. That's T-O-M-M-C-C-L-A-N-E 80. Uh, any of those uh, things you can find me at. Or you can uh, go to www.prowrestlingtees.com slash Tom McLean and buy some shirts. I got four of them up there. Well, that's uh, definitely something that everybody should do. Indeed. And uh, if you uh, if you ever go to Amazon, why don't you check out the link through uh, tfradio.net. Um, it doesn't cost you any more, but it, uh, we get uh, a small percent. Well, I don't get it. <laughs> but uh, and Brian gets it for running uh, Radio Free Cybertron and tfradio.net where you can get uh, listen to all your awesome podcasts. There's uh, Get the Skinny with uh, Brian. He does, uh, of course, the main event, Radio Free Cybertron. They also do Being Awesome with Rob Springer. Uh, that one episode of Star Trek with XV. And um, I think there's a few new podcasts coming up on the network here pretty soon. And uh, everybody should listen to all of them. And especially if you like this show, share it. Uh, comment on it uh you can uh, check us out at uh, tfradio.net too slash take four and uh we'd love to hear from you for suggestions or anything so um i will uh i'm sure (laughs) man i'm butchering the crap out of this come on jt (laughs) brian Brian will be on isn't it (laughs) it is i just don't want to give it up all right but uh brian will be back next week and hopefully he'll bring a little bit more order to the show uh, so Tom McLean, why don't you take us out? Uh, well, you're the one that makes the weird noise at the end. You can, you can probably do that. No, I refuse. So I'll just say, uh, okay. goodbye everybody. Boom.